This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Welcome to the latest edition of Unlocking Astrology with the unlocker, the key master himself, Mr. Samuel Reynolds from unlockastrology.com. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having me back. I feel welcome. Welcome back. All right. So I'm I'm having fun doing this. So let me just say the comments y'all leave, please like, even if you don't like it, put the like, let's mess with the algorithms, share it, you know, subscribe, of course, to the channel. Um, but I, I'm really, look, I like what we're doing uh, because I really feel like for a lot of people, it's like a eureka moment. Yeah. So, I want to say something too. I also want to thank subscribers and listeners and viewers for um, the, the get well greetings and for, you know, supporting me. I mean, I'm face, still facing some health challenges, but I really appreciate it. Oh, I, I it goes without saying that this audience is amazing. You know, this is the family that I want to be a part of, you know, in many ways we've cultivated this family and we act like a family. We sometimes argue, fuss and fight, disagree, but at the, at the crux of everything that we do is love, which is the, the foundation upon which everything that I do is built. So uh, when I saw all of the well wishes, I'm not surprised. As a matter of fact, I expect that from, from this crowd of people. So yes, Alhamdulillah. I, I, yes, I thank them as well. So today is the cusp. The cuspy, the cusp. Uh, so first, define what a cusp is. So like for I'm a Taurus, I say Hitler's on the cusp and I think he leans towards Aries, but that's just to protect my own sensibilities that I, I don't want to invite somebody like that into my sign, but we all got them. So, you know, what are cusps and why are they important if we all possess all of the elements of all of the zodiac signs within our personalities? So the cusp, is the idea that there's a boundary point between things. So that's the general idea. So in astrology, when we talk about something called houses, there are cusps by degrees between houses, depending on now there's something called house systems. You know, there's been you know, various house systems developed through history. So there are cusps between, let's say, the first house and the second house. Some measure of that idea got extrapolated to signs. And some measure of that comes from the popularization of astrology and people loving astrology. So what I wanted to illustrate today is, um, so this is a, a success dream book, uh, Dr. or Professor De, De Herbert, right? And there's all various kinds of dream books with numbers in them. Those who know, know. So <laughs> they appreciate this. This is like, I, I think I talked about this on the show that I grew up with these books around me. And so you look here, the Scorpion or Scorpio, the Scorpion, October 22nd to November 21st. And then Sagittarius, the Archer is November 22nd to December 21st. Okay, so there's a day overlap. But here's something interesting. So this is my wife's cup, which I borrowed, right? She's a Sagittarius. And it says here, you might not be able to see it, November 23rd to December 21st. So there's some overlap between what Professor DeHerbert said and what's on this cup. Now, which is right? Well, there's a very simple reason why there's some confusion. And 
a couple different ways we can look at it. One is if you don't know when you were born, like the specific time, it's not just about the day, but even the specific time, then people have lapsed into something called the cusp. So if you're born like I was, because I'm on the cusp, so I'm speaking as a quote unquote cusper, right? Um, if I'm born November 22nd, then um, am I a Scorpio or am I a Sagittarius? Which is it? And this is where astrology, by understanding that it works with specificity, with particular time, that we can, we can know when someone is born or when what sign they actually are. So technically, there is no cusp if you know what time you were born. Now, when you don't know, then you may feel on it, you know, feel like, oh, I'm in this, you know, phantom zone between signs and there is no real such thing. The other thing that extends for people about cusps is that they feel like they have elements of both. Now, some measure of that is true because they may have, as I've mentioned before, Venus and Mercury are never too far from the sun. So as chances are that they're gonna be in, in the next sign or in the sign following or in the sign you know, that you currently have. Um, so you know, that, that's one particular way in which you can you know, understand it. Um, but generally, let me just show you something. I'll share my screen. So this is for today. Um, and you can see that the sun is at a particular sign. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to advance this by a number of days just to illustrate how this works. So we generally think of spring starting, um, spring starting um, March 21st. Now look, the sun goes into Aries, and now I can narrow it down, March 20th, 2021, rather than 21st. Now, I'm gonna go back minutes and try to figure out the exact point, and this is the sun, by the way. So I'm pointing with my cursor at the sun. The exact time, actually it may take a little longer than that, so let me do 10 minutes. The exact point in which the sun goes into Aries is actually going to be sometime in the morning of March 20th, and I might say closer to 6th, and I'm going to change it so I can get more exact. So we can figure out the exact time when things happen when the sun goes into Aries. So, so it's this year, like, so every year could be different. It could be different. Right, last year could have been something else, but this year, yes, you are an Aries if you're born after 6 a.m. March 20th. Whereas, right. Whereas next Zodiac year, chart, go, go ahead, go ahead. Next year, it could be, it goes in closer to midnight of the 21st, right? So, that's why when people say, well, you know, there's the cusp, it's like, well, it, it technically, okay, here we go. So sometime between 535, 
And 5.30, well, I can get to the, the actual minute, but yeah, 5.36, I would say 5.37 or so a.m. is when the sun goes in the Aries. That's called an ingress chart. Now, this is true for every sign when we can track it. And that's why it's important to know where you're, you know, to have your chart done so you can figure out where your planets are, where your sun is. Now, you will notice something interesting. There are planets still in Pisces. The sun is in Aries, but Venus is conjoined or connected to Neptune here. This is Mercury. So when someone says like, well, I still feel like I have Pisces elements. That's true. You do. If you were born, <laughs> you know, you know, a few, you know, in the future, you know, March 20th, 2021. This is going to be true if I did another date in the past as well. So in my particular case, because I thought I was on the cusp, in fact, some of you might remember, that's how I discovered astrology. Because I was arguing with a Gemini. She's like, well, you're a Scorpio. And I was like, well, obviously, I'm a centaur. If I had to choose between being the arachnid and the centaur, I'm clearly a centaur. I wasn't a centaur. I don't have anything in Sagittarius except the midheaven. I don't have any planets in Sagittarius, right? So in my particular case, I didn't have the real duality. Now, you might say then, why did you feel that way, right? Other than you were arrogant, which is plausible. Well, I felt that way because my son, right? Now this son here is in the third house. My son is in the ninth house, which a lot of people correlate to Sagittarius. I don't confuse houses with, with signs, but the ninth house is concerned with travel, big thoughts, philosophy, big questions in life, higher education, all of these particular things. So I always felt a certain alignment with those particular interests and languages. That's another assignment of the ninth house. So I resonated on that level. I also have a connection between the sun and Jupiter the planet that rules Sagittarius. So again, there was a reiteration of a certain theme, a certain sensibility that I came to share with Sagittarius. But I didn't have anything in Sagittarius. I wasn't on the cusp by virtue of just looking at the sun. So a lot of people get locked into like, oh, you know, like our friend Samuel L. Jackson, right? Samuel L. Jackson, I believe is born December 21st. So he technically is on the cusp. Now, I don't know him. I don't know exactly when he was born. You know, no one, I don't know, know if he's conveyed that information, but he's either Sagittarius or Capricorn. Now, I always veer toward Capricorn, right? But I can see both. Now, when I say I see both, that's because I don't know when he was born. If I had a chart, his chart, then we could see exactly where some particular planets were, including where his son was. So as I'm looking at this chart, uh, I see, you know, kind of the stair, the staircase, and then there's Here. that chart, mm -hmm. right? And the chart has PT, which I guess is the actual sign, ruler, which I guess is the sun that rules it. Yeah, well, these are the planets. The planets, okay. Here's the rulers. What, the ruler. Yeah, this is, now I can change... Uh, it's going to get wonky, but um, I can change this particular chart. 
Oh, so this is particularly for the chart of Aries born. Well, this is, yeah, 20. this is particularly for this chart. And, you know, this is a different way in which we start evaluating the strengths of planets. Okay. Because like I said before, real astrology really gets more into understanding the planets and whether they're in their homes or not and what strength they derive and being in parts of signs. You so know, I just wanted you to explain, you know, so this planet ruler, what's the exalt, the trip? Where the planet experiences an exaltation in a particular sign. So the sun is exalted in Aries. Okay. Right? This Venus chart. is in her exaltation in this chart. Right. Venus is exalted in Pisces in general, right? right? But she is in Pisces, 28 degrees. So she's exalted. So she gets, this is a point system for, again, evaluating the strengths of a planet. Essential dignities, we might say, this is how a, a planet experiences its sense of belonging and where it has its sense of power. Like if you were in your studio, in your home, right, you derive a certain sense of privilege and power by virtue of where you are, mm. right? That is the nature of understanding essential dignity. That's how we talk about, you know, so for instance, this, the Mars, Mars being in Aries is its home. Um, I can go through each of the signs. Mars's um, home is in Aries, or maybe I'll do it with signs. Aries is ruled by Mars. Taurus is ruled by Venus. Venus. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Cancer is ruled by the moon. Leo is ruled by the sun. Virgo is ruled by Mercury. Libra is ruled by Venus. Scorpio is ruled by Mars. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn. Aquarius is ruled by Saturn. And then Pisces is ruled by Jupiter. How are the two I use more, back to I back? I use more traditional rules. Well, rule that's, because, that's because with Saturn, Saturn is deemed the adversary, the opposer. So he ends up at the end, the outer rim, just like he was seen at the edge of the cosmos before, going toward the two last signs or the penultimate sign. So he gets Capricorn and Sagittarius and Capricorn and Aquarius back to back because we started off flanking. I would have to show you, you know, um, something called the Thema Mundi. I think I showed you guys before where we start from Cancer, Leo, and if we flank it all out, Saturn opposes the sun um, and the moon from those two points, okay. um, from Aquarius, from Capricorn and Aquarius. If I can find that right quick, I could show I, you. I, I want you to actually go back because I want to know what the trip is. Oh, well, that's getting into like, you know. That's getting the, into your business? No, 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 no. It's not, it's not, nothing like that. It's more into the, you know, I have whole classes on, 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 you know, dealing with these particular dignities this is these are five different levels of dignity by which a planet experiences strength the highest is rulership that's like being at home where you can kick up and you know you know i, I usually use this this analogy related to um citizenship this is being naturally born exaltation is being um where you you know take the test and um you know you get citizenship triplicity might be not so much about the citizenship, but where you have a sense of belonging. So for instance, if I were Niger 
you know, if I were of Nigerian, I am actually of Nigerian descent, but if my family were direct Nigerian descent, right, then other Niger would be my people, right? Or Igbo people or Yoruba people would be my people, right? In terms of experience, that sense of familiarity. Triplicity relates to where you have a sense of tribe and sense mm. of connection. Term would be where you have a short-term sensibility in terms like a work visa or where you have a sponsor. Um, it also gives a level of dignity in more of the immediate sense related to either a skill. Um, so the planet that is at a particular degree is the term lord or what we call the term lord. And then face, we might say like getting a tourist visa, you know, real short term, you passing through, no, you can't get bennies. <laughs> um, no stimmy for you. No stimmy for you, nothing else. You just kind of like be here for 90 days and see you later. Face is just like, you got something, but not a whole lot. There's, there's more deeper elements to face. Because one thing I will say about face, this is interesting for us as black people. So face is a dignity that's a direct import from the Egyptians, right? It's called the Deccans as well, right? So one thing to recognize about what the Greeks and Romans did in Ptolemaic Egypt is that they, they assimilated a lot. Now, some things they did innovate um, in terms of the crafting of what we now know as Western astrology. But the actual dimension of face looking at and dividing up the, the degrees by 10, so that's what Deccans mean or face, is that we divide up each degree by 10 um, or each sign by 10. So the first Deccan, this, let's say, of Aries, the first Deccan of Aries is Mars. So the first, you know, for the first 10 days of Mars, I mean, of Aries, that's going to be ruled by Mars, right? Just to kind of give that sensibility. And that is a, a direct importation of a sensibility that comes from Egypt, but specifically, it wasn't necessarily related to signs, but 36 deities, 36 Neteru, who were honored during that particular time. Now, the actual Neteru is different than how we, again, use with the signs, but that's important to recognize that that's where that comes from, because that's how they divided up their days, or I should say specifically, how the Egyptians divided up their weeks into, so, into 10 days, not seven. And Detri? Detri means what? Detriment is the planet that experiences its sense of loss in that particular sign. Okay. Um, and that's different so, from fall because fall is a complete- Fall is the opposite of exaltation. So detriment is the, ex is the ex exact opposite of rulership. Um, fall is the opposite of exaltation. Okay. And, um, you know, we might think this relates, you know, to us. It's kind of detriment is where you might might be the experience of how we, you know, experienced, um, you know, enslavement, right? In terms of being thrown suddenly out of where we were and who we were into, you know, chaos, into pain, into misery, into a sense of loss. And that's how the planet experiences itself. 
And notice, and this is very important for people who kind of study some astrology, notice I'm talking about planets. I'm not talking about people. A lot of people start, especially getting on social media, oh, my Mars is in Cancer, I'm, you know, I'm messed up. Or my Mars is in Taurus, I'm messed up. Don't think like that. Because one thing to understand is that the planet in detriment does have a challenge, but that doesn't necessarily describe all and who or what you are and can be, right? And I'll get to that because it's a very important lesson with that. But the fall might be more the experience of how we've experienced the diaspora. So the fall is to remember, is to know, and then feel that sudden, that sense of loss, but know that you have to kind of crawl back. It gives you determination. And you might say like, wasn't well, it better to be exalted? Exalted on some level means that the planet has most of what it needs, right? And then feels entitled to it, right? Fall, you might say it doesn't necessarily have what it needs, but still it has this hunger, this desire sometimes for more. It may again feel very challenged in terms of that. So for instance, Muhammad Ali had um, Mars in detriment. Some of the greatest athletes, you know, like Michael Phelps, who has won the most Olympic medals of anyone in human history or recorded history, I should say, hmm. has a Mars in cancer, right? A Mars in fall. And that really highlights a key lesson of understanding astrology. It's more so sometimes when you don't have this sense of belonging that you can become the hunt at the gate, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can kind of come from the outback and go in because you weren't born with that. So right. you know that you come from some elsewhere. And this is, you know, going along with some general theories that have been developed by cultural historians who talk about, you know, that sometimes it's maps, not chaps. It's people who come from more the outlying areas, like how England kind of came to dominate so much of the world. And it's this teeny tiny island, right? You know, that was on the perimeter of the continent. Japan, mm. same story, mm. right? So it's not always those who are closer to the center who end up wielding the power. And some I'm of those, it. huh? I said, you're saying a word right now. And some of those who are at the fall and at the detriment. That's why I say when people start talking about their planets and they learn a little astrology, they become dangerous and they start saying things against themselves. And I'm like, you don't fully understand what that planet can do in, in detriment or in fall. Mm. And what, you know, obviously it has its hazards. It's in detriment or fall, but it has its power. What, so I'm really glad that you asked about this because I normally wouldn't, you know, when I talk to clients, I show them something else. Uh, this happens to be up because I wanted to illustrate how to, you know, advance a chart and get to, to Aries, but, you I know, think that's I, important. Yeah. And this, this half a pyramid or the step, oh, stair let me step go back. on the side. Yes. This is called an aspectarian. And this gives us the relationship of each planet to each other. Um, and these different symbols are symbols for the aspect. So like this is a semi-square. Um, this is, a, you know, uh, a semi-sextile, right? Um, and then there's different ones that I use, you know, a quintile. You know, so for today, there's high creativity because I see a lot of quintiles. Quintiles, now the idea of aspect is when we divide the circle into a number of units, 
So if I divide it by four, that's 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a square between planets. If I divide it by five, that's going to be 72 degrees for each slice. So a quintile relates to 72. And that's what that Q is for. The square between Saturn and Uranus, again, that's imagining as if they're 90 degrees from each other. So Saturn here, Uranus there, that's kind of the idea. Got it. Um, thank you. Thank you for um, being transparent. I appreciate this. Oh, sure. No, I, I love what I do. Um, I feel it's love for me. I mean, astrology is also, you know, our forebears used to talk about astrology, obviously as a science, as scientia, but I think something gets lost in translation. It wasn't just science as you know objective knowledge but the embodiment or spirit of knowledge that is in the western tradition but the western tradition has veered off and kind of gone toward objectifying nearly nearly everything yeah um but we africans we maintain that everything is alive so astrology has its own living heart and art to itself as well and, and part of this exercise and this, this conversation that we're having weekly is to reconnect to that power, reconnect to that source. You know, when I talked with Dr. Carr, he said we had like a 400 year interruption from, you know, from our greatest iterations of ourselves. And now we got to, you know, kind of get back to that. And, um, and it also requires that we shake off some of the yoke of indoctrination and some of the things that we've been and you know, ingrained, especially through a religion. Religion has been a powerful weapon to extricate ourselves from ourselves. Uh, I'm not talking about spirituality. I'm not talking about your love of God. I'm talking about religion, the, the, the political instrument called religion that many of us have uh, don't even realize how it's keeping us from, you know, the freedom that we all desire as people, so. Yeah, I, I think religion has its purpose for each stage of development. And I think one thing to keep in mind is that the heart of the religions that you know generally run in our community, which are mainly the, the Abra the, you know, when I say our community, I'm talking about the African-American community, um, the Abrahamic religions, at the heart of them has always been the idea of liberation. And if we're not participating on the level of liberation, then we're not even maintaining the heart of each of those religions, right? So that's that's the other thing to keep in mind. All right. So so just to wrap, uh, just to uh, review, there are no cusps. There just are no people, cusps. just people who don't know when they were born. That's correct. <laughs> okay. So what do we do with this? So now, so moving forward. Well, I mean, we could talk a little bit about, you know. If what people, you know, want to get into next, I mean, we talked about, you know, um, looking, understanding a little more of the signs and relationship. One thing we also could talk about that is in astrology are temperaments. So choleric, melancholic, phlegmatic, and sanguine, mm. um, you know, as they might relate generally to the signs. So right? phlegmatic, phlegm, what is that, phlegm? What is that? No, right? Sounds nasty, right? Yeah. I changed the names of them. Maybe that might Phlegmatic. help. Phlegmatic. Phlegmatic, 
Um, so the phlegmatic, I call the preserver. Okay. I call the the sanguine, the socialite. I call the melancholic, the lone wolf. Okay. And I call the choleric, the icon. And how do they, so we, we'll talk next time about how they show up. Do they show up in all yeah. of our charts? Yeah, no, or? they're in all of our charts, but you have a predominant. Ah, right? and how do you find your predominance? By knowing what time you were born? <laughs> well, you, yeah, you would have to learn that. I won't be able to teach because that's a lot, you know, gets gets a lot more complicated. Um, you know, obviously, and there are very diff various different kinds of ways in which that can be calculated. Um, but it's good to know your temperament. This is what I also teach in synastry, which is looking at the combination. So when we talked about Harry and Megan, right? I didn't look at their temperament, but that's another thing we could have looked at, you know, because those, you know, people say like, well, I want to be with a fire sign. I'm a fire sign. I should be with a fire sign. And that's not always the right thing. You know, two icons can also come to clash. Mm. Right. I often hear like a water should be with earth because the water uh, makes the earth grow things. And then, you know, like I've, I've heard that, like you're fire and, that. Yeah. You're fire and that. water because the water can extinguish the fire. And no, that's not always true. I mean, it can be harder for fire and earth than fire and water. Well, I can see that. Scorched earth is never good, isn't it? Uh, well, you know, in scorched earth, you actually, after a volcano, some of the luscious uh, soil. Yeah. Well, you got to go through it. <laughs> you got to go, go through, through it, right. That's yeah. exactly right. So, you know, there are nuances to understanding compatibility that as you come to understand more your chart and you're doing more of this research with it and discovery, this is the word you and I both love, right? You start to flower. You start to see more of yourself. And that's the goal. My goal is for everyone who comes into any space that I'm a part of. Uh, or your learns, yeah, learns, grows, and goes out and does something good with it. All right. So next week, and and people, if you want your charts read, uh, Samuel, while he is uh, booked up, he is making room. So I'll make room. I, I, I'm I'm trying to catch up to myself. Um, you know, for those who booked with me some time back, I didn't have to do some cancellations. In February and March. That's because I got sick. So I hope to catch up um, and then um, keep pushing forward. So, yes. Yeah. So, unlock astrology. I like when you lean in, when you lean in to tell us something pertinent, you, you lean into your mic. I love yeah, that. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unlockastrology.com. And you can follow him on the Twitters at S for Sam, F as for Franklin, Fred, Fred, Frederick. Mm -hmm. Why don't I know that? SF Reynolds on the Twitters at SF Reynolds and Unlock Astrology. Thank you so much. Get Thank completely you. healthy because it's people so well. need to know some things. So we're going to put the, the good vibes, the juju on you. Thank and you. Let me, yes. And let me say thank you to everyone who's participating in this because this is a collective. So y'all are also adding in the comments and Sagittarius wants a do-over. But um, yeah, no, that's not happening. They still, they still <laughs> talking about that? Still, which speaks volumes about your sign, by the way, people. <laughs> it's like, there was so many great things said about you, but y'all focused on just that and you want to do over. Okay. No. That's All interesting. Right. All right. Yes. All right. We love you, though. We love Thank you. Thank you. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Can you? Oh, oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Hold on. We're not saying bye yet. And you, this is real time. Okay. So I have to do that. And then now I can say goodbye. Bye -bye. Love you. Bye -bye.